0: Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from Pastor Kelly Lorkey of The Cure Church um, and a message he's called It's Time. What a challenging message. Be sure to enjoy this one. Also, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, follow us at PC Paramount. Also, check out our website at PraiseChapelParamount.com. It has tons of resources and information. Enjoy this message. Hey, man, come on now, give Jesus a big hand clap. Lord bless you. I can tell you, we're not that excited about the Lakers. I mean, we are, but we're not. I told my wife, I just want another chip, just to say we got one more. I'm just not into it this year. Some of you didn't know you were this saved that you'd come to church while they're playing. Uh, well, I thought this guy was in quarantine. That's why he was in the bubble. <laughs> no? They let him out? <laughs> it's been 14 days? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. I apologize. My wife is not feeling well. She was not able to be with me uh, today. And uh, uh, please pray for her, for uh, be healthy, and so forth. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh, theoretically... I'm on a sabbatical for a few—well, actually, a month—and I, I. My church is like gangster when it comes to this. They literally, uh, my assistants and my staff, they took my SIM card from me, and so no one has my number. And then when I landed, because I'm—I'm one—I'm a pastor, like on social media. I'm on social media. So if there's any snakes out there, just to let you know, don't inbox me Juicy Lucy stuff because I have like five people in my staff that have my login. I'm not the only one that watches my social media. I want to be accountable to people. So that's just me. So, But when I landed, they changed all the passwords. I can't get on Instagram. I can't get on Face. I can't do nothing. So like I'm, I'm shut down. So, and then... Uh, your, your pastor asked us, and we went out to eat the other night. Uh, they were the only ones that knew we were in town. Our family didn't even know we were in town. We were trying to be quiet. And uh, then I got ganged up. Hey, bro, come preach. And then my wife, he's your best friend. mad, you need to go. And I'm like, by the way, I'm honored to be here. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And uh, God bless the Paramount Church for all your years for the kingdom. <laughs> And it's been, and I'm gonna just say something before I get into the message. It, it's, you know, uh, it, it's, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I, I don't know how many sabbaticals you've sent your pastor on. Well, actually I do, none. And that ain't cool. I, I wanna encourage you. I don't like doing this. I'm a workaholic at church. I love being at church. I love preaching. I love um, doing that, but I've come to grips. Last year they sent me on one. After 27 years of ministry, you don't realize how much you need it. I want you, the leaders, to pray about finding a way. And I know, you know, he, he might like Lefty don't want to go nowhere. <laughs> I mean, unless you send her to Texas, the grandkids are there. She'll be cool. <laughs> She'll be cool. <laughs> But that's just seriously, it's something you need to really pray about, especially this new season and the many years. Most pastors don't finish. They don't. The 1,500 preachers quit the ministry every month in America in 2018. Every month. So, you know, first of all, I commend you, Pastor Omar, for, and Letty, for all these years. Uh, oh, that, that's you. I- I thought you were wearing a disguise i'm sorry (laughs) i do want to honor a few folks uh i just got a whisper in my ear uh uh where is she where's where's olathe where's she at raise your hand where's she at where where's she at stand up olathe yeah you stand up you tell that dude that you brought he can stay seated no she married joseph joseph stand up he's a powerful man of god i'm humbled and honored that you came now understand uh, her parents were one of our first church plants they've been in chicago her parents zach and Alethea. i think their parents but 13 years 12 years something like that and she married this dude whatever issue is and he's in california but i'm just kidding I can't wait to meet that baby after service. Lord bless you guys. I love you. I'm so blessed. I've known her since she was pretty much born. And uh, Carlos and Deanna Jimenez, friends of mine. I've known Carlos since he, both of them since they were kids. And um, so humbled and honored to have people that like me. It's time. And uh, I'm honored that you're here. I'm going to, I'm going to preach hard tonight, and, and not for the sake of shock or anything. It just, there's, no, there's no time to waste. Kobe Bryant died in February. It feels like three years ago with everything that's happened in this world. Just the news cycle this last month is enough for a whole year. So much is happening. You know it. I know it. We talk about it. We watch television. We read feeds. We see YouTube videos. We read memes. We hear opinions. In the midst of this, the most toxic political climate in our history. You'd have to go back to the days when, like, they did street fights. You know, but we're living in this dark time. And I'm going to be honest, you live in the worst place in America. I, I, I'm not here to defend you. I'm from here. I was born in Linwood. That same, where those cops, they blocked the entrance for those two sheriffs. I was born in that hospital, St. Francis Hospital. But you're living in a place that the rest of America is looking at, where you can't sing, they told you you can't work, they're fighting over church services threatening to sue churches the laws that are being passed here and you have to ask yourself and I mean literally there is an article in Texas my son and his family live in Texas that there are so many u-haul and rider trucks that they're literally a fraction of the price if you'll move back they're almost giving them away because everyone's leaving. And then the pandemic, and then the injustice and the rioting, the hatred, and no one knows what the truth is. It's so dark. But then you have to ask yourself is God in control? And then you have to ask yourself, why why is this happening which the bigger question is we believe as Christians God is the author of all life all life God is pro-life period all life comes from God from the womb to the tomb And so we have to ask ourselves, these fundamental beliefs of our Christianity, if God is still on the throne, is in control, why am I alive in 2020? Not just why I'm existing, but why am I alive? Then, for majority, probably out of Wednesday night, comes to even deeper thought, why am I saved? Filled with the Holy Spirit, alive in 2020 it's not just by accident and we believe God is a control you could have been born a thousand years ago God could have said I want you to live then you could have been alive a hundred years ago you could have been around in the 50s at your prime but for some reason God said no no I wanted you to be born in the 80s or the 70s or or the 90s or in the in the early 2000s but for whatever reason, God found it fit, just like he did every generation, to be alive at their time to face what's going on in their world. I'm talking about his people, because the Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So you're just not alive. You are the church of Jesus Christ. In this time, in this hour, the time the church now, I don't want to get started. I do believe in the rapture still. I do believe Jesus is coming back. I believe this thing's winding down. Let me read to you somebody who was alive at the right time and at the right place. Because you here in Paramount or whatever city you drove in, this is your church. You live in California and everyone talks bad about crazy California. But you're here. Someone's got to be here. Someone's got to still be here. Y'all can't leave California. Seriously. Someone's got to reach the lost of this area. Someone. So I want to awaken your sense of destiny. Why am I here? Why am I alive in this craziest year Don the man almost here i am saved born again i'm here to tell you it's time to realize you're at the right place at the right time at the right hour are you ready the book of esther before i was going to read one verse but prior to reading it let me give you a picture here esther's a jew and uh through some circumstances she hooks up with the king and she marries the king. She has an uncle named Mordecai, who's outside of the palace. There is another character named Haman. Haman hates the Jews, he's a prejudiced man. He has a a plot to hang the Jews, to have them hung by gallows, to annihilate them. He is tricking the king to make this happen. Mordecai recognizes our only hope is Esther. She's at the right place at the right time. God put her at the right place. She's in the palace. She's a Jew. Now she's the queen. She's put in a place where she can accept us. So... Mordecai is the one chap. was this one? Got the coronavirus. Realize <laughs> <laughs> whether you're new today, a new convert, or you've been saved for years. You're, you didn't just come to God. God. Didn't just get you here to get you off drugs. God didn't just get you here to get you a woman even though we're amazed that you got one. <laughs> God didn't just get you here to get you out of a gang. What's Stop. Stop. God didn't just get you here to clean you up from addictions, even though those are things that happen. But God saved you to be a part of his kingdom. Jesus said, he's not the light of the world. He said, you're the light of the world. In this very darkest hour, we have the chance to be brighter than anything. The Bible says, for if you remain completely silent at this time. This is Mordecai confronting her. You need to help us. Relief and deliverance will arise in the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. He is saying you're at the right place at the right time. You need to do something. Okay? you need to do something god put you there for a reason you're in the comfort of your palace you're at at peace with everything you're living blessed but we're out here and people are dying and going to hell they're gonna lose you need to risk your comfort inside the pandemic of being quarantined in the palace and come out here and face it. And Jesus is telling us, not just here, but the whole body of Christ, real, real Christians are time to rise up. All that stuff we've been seeking about, all that stuff we've been preaching about, one thing I've learned in the last eight months, I found out who really believes in this gospel. I found out who really has faith and trust in God. Something's powerful happens when we realize this vital truth. That God always raises up a people for a particular time and a particular season. No matter the season, no matter the difficulty, God will raise up somebody to provide an answer. Understand. You're not just a church here on Somerset. When I was a kid, I lived on Somerset, but it was called Compton Boulevard back then. And they didn't like that name. They switched it. <laughs> True story. I live right down the street. Yeah. Anybody remember that when It used to be Compton Boulevard. You stay on the other 710. We're, over, we're Somerset you somebody and i want you even if you're a single mom struggling to make it even if you're a young disciple having your challenges with work and personal struggles i want you to realize you were not meant to just exist you are here for a purpose and a reason Joseph, God had him for a particular time for an answer to save his family and people. Moses, to deliver his people out of the bondage. Daniel, to hear from God, to bring his people back from captivity. Nehemiah was raised up for the right time to build the wall. Paul, to evangelize the Gentiles. John, to warn the church in the book of Revelations while he's in prison. Esther, to save the Jewish people from distinction and, and it's so important for us today to grasp the significance and i think what happens is we come to church we go and man praise god you're having services i ain't gonna lie to you my church has grown but all these other churches they ain't having service and people start showing up you haven't church i ain't been in church in six months come on in <laughs> We live in this unsurpassed time that we need the Lord to awaken our sense of destiny. And not, l- listen, from the front to the back, I am going to pull on you. I'm going to try to get everything I can out of you for your walk with God. You gave your life to Jesus. That means it's not yours. It's his He is our Savior, but he's also our Lord, and we need to understand God is really, if we believe we're in the last days and wars and pandemics and diseases and weather, well, then what are we doing about it for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? God has always been the God of the individual, one person from one part of God's plan. There's only one Moses, there was only one Joseph, one Daniel, one Nehemiah, one Paul, one Pastor Omar, one Billy Graham, and there's only one you tonight. And you must grasp the importance God has placed on your life. You may have grew up not thinking important. you may be brought up being told you're not important. You may be in a relationship where someone's verbally abusing you, making you feeling less than. But I'm talking about God who loved you, who died for you, who endured the cross, despising the shame. He knew that He would want you to be one of his sons and daughters in his kingdom. See, you can influence certain people that I'll never meet. You can make a difference in this world. You, it may be just some dirty punk rocker and some cholo letting him live in his garage. You don't know what's going to happen. It may be somebody walking in the first time. You're greeting and loving them. And you're doing more than handing them a piece of paper. But you're pouring your life into them and watch them do great things for God if we are to be truthful our tendency though we usually think who am i we usually think very little of ourselves that we don't it doesn't make a big deal if we come or not it's not important if we miss it's not important you know you know let the next generation do it whatever i mean but to be honest with you the people that we call heroes in the bible didn't feel great about themselves I mean, they felt insignificant. Moses, when God said I'm going to call you, goes, "Who am I?" and he stuttered, I, "I, I, I can't talk good." Gideon, wherewith he says, "I'll save Israel. I'm from the poorest family, and from the least tribe in the family. I'm from the worst hood, the worst family in the hood, and I'm the worst person in my family." And God, God says, "I know, but I called you." Isaiah, what God called him, you can't call me. I'm a man with unclean lips around a whole family of people cussing. God says, don't worry, I'm going to change your tongue. I'm going to change your speech. So they felt insignificant. But listen to me, it's never you. It's always God working through you. He just needs you to say, be obedient to what he's called you. Even though we feel insignificant, unimportant, God is looking for a person to fulfill his plan on earth. I passionately believe this. Ezekiel twenty two thirty. 30, I look for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness in the guards of the land. I search for someone who stand in the gap of the wall so I would not destroy the land, but I found no one. Jeremiah 5, 1, the Lord said to me, search Jerusalem for honest people who try to be faithful. If you can find even one, I will forgive this whole city. God is looking for people. God is looking for people to stand in the gap of the time we live in. Mordecai, again, is telling Esther, God's looking for you. You've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. You see, God is not on our calendar. We're on his calendar. He's the author of all time. He has given each one of us so many years, so many months... So many weeks, so many days, so many hours, so many minutes, so many seconds to live on planet Earth. Every one of us are on a different clock. It cannot squander the time. when The Bible tells us in the New Testament, redeem the time, for the day is evil. We waste our time on non-essentials. And God's the one that gave you so much time, this commodity. See... He held you back before he spoke you into existence. Oh, I get it. You you, know, he said, well, you don't understand, man. I, I was born out of a bad situation. My parents weren't expecting me. Listen to me, it may have been a mistake for them, but life that God gave you wasn't a mistake for him. He created you, he created you. We are not this law, we're not a lost generation. We are the disciples, we are the prophets, we are the preachers and the street preachers for today. I'm here to tell you if the Lord doesn't come back in this season, let's just say another hundred years, the generation after us will read about how we live for God in this time. They'll read if we raised it then, they'll read if we had revival, healed the sick. Romans 8.18, I love this in the Passion. I am convinced that any suffering that we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. And whatever you're suffering doesn't compare to the glory that's gonna come. Whatever you're going through, it's not that bad. It feels bad, but it ain't that bad. Then he says, the entire universe is standing on its tippy-toe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. That is an actual proper translation in the Aramaic. Standing on their tippy-toes, the entire universe, waiting for the unveiling of the sons and daughters of God. They're waiting for us to fulfill our purpose and destiny. They're waiting for us to walk in power, might, and authority. They're waiting for us to walk in the name of Jesus, I cast you out. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be set free. They're waiting. Don't you understand how significant that you're alive today? I mean, I'm concerned that this generation so caught up as business as usual. We're failing to notice the fact that this is the generation of Holy Spirit has allowed to write us in the history books. I mean, do you think it's a coincidence that we're alive and we're in government turmoil right now? Do Do you think it's a coincidence that the chaos in government in a pandemic, wherever it came from, however it got here. Civil unrest in our streets. Abuse of power. Prejudice, hatred. And here we are, the church. You know, love your enemies. Go into all the world. Here we are, in the midst of it. And, and, and then we... We fight over, should you wear a mask, should you not wear a mask? I don't know why the church has a problem with it. You were wearing masks when you came to church before the pandemic. <laughs> Perhaps because the conflict between Republicans and Democrat parties have came such an uproar. The world pandemic might be in a market now. Everyone looking for answers, pointing a finger, ready for a world government, a one world leader to step up on the scene. All of the times and all the places in history that we live in is now. And God wants us to understand the why that's why we're here to church. We, we don't come to church out of routine or because of ministry. Hopefully, you come to hear with your spiritual ear, to hear what God wants to speak to you. That church is all about is for you to find your destiny, your reason for living, to find your purpose, your plan, your assignment from the King of Kings. Please tell me, please tell me that your life is more than working, eating, and sleeping. Working, eating, and sleeping. No, you are a son and daughter of God, part of the great King. An eternal kingdom Your life is only this big Measured by 80 years When you compare it to eternity I've been brought into the world for such a time as this. I feel my purpose, me, I'm talking about me. I was born for this. I was saved for this craziness. I was filled with the Holy Ghost and power for this time and this hour to make a difference where no one else may. I'm met here for this. The Bible says in Psalms 139, 14, I thank you, God, for making me so marvelously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking i'm simply amazes me to think about how thoughtful you know me lord You formed every bone of my body when you created me in this secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who you you created before I became me, before I'd ever seen the light of day. The number of days you planned for me are already recorded in your book. And God is gonna judge us how we lived those times how we did them it's not an accident i've got destiny to fulfill it's not an accident you have destiny to fulfill it is linked to this church it is linked to this fellowship that god brought you into you're not here by accident you're here on a purpose you're here for a reason. I don't care if some friend invited you one day or you found a flyer or you seen it on social media or on the internet or you were looking for a church or you got hurt somewhere and came here. You're here now and there's a reason you're here. There's a reason God knew I would preached this sermon and you didn't stay home. There's a reason. Don't squander tonight. Let your heart be open. I mean, think about I'm a mature, saved Christian since 1987 In the 21st century. I'm going to blow this trumpet loud today. Too many of us are majoring on the minors. So, like, we all freaked out when we couldn't come to church. Then we all became (laughs) televangelists. Overnight. (laughs) Like, overnight. Everyone's getting their equipment. Everyone's doing the best they can. Some of the pastors, man, they got rid of that flip phone, and got an iPhone. Hey, God bless you, church. <laughs> but we worry about things. We're preoccupied with the cares of this world, not realizing that you're here to participate in something awesome. We're all here for something powerful, profound. And if we don't wake up, we're going to miss our purpose. I passionately believe that, man, I preached a whole series on end times. I just felt such a sweet spot of them watching prophecy being fulfilled. But then I wonder, my church all fired up and we're so easily distracted, are we gonna keep this urgency? I mean, it seems that even sinners think something's gonna happen. The whole world thinks something's going on. It's too crazy. Can you, uh, this, this, who knows? Aliens might land time I get done preaching. like, what else? (laughs) But I'm here to tell you, before this is over, you're going to see kings consulting with prophets, presidents turning to preachers for answers as they realize that programs, slogans, and politics haven't changed anyone's life. I'm here to tell you Jesus is not coming back for just a handful. He's coming back for a revival of souls. An attitude is taking place. I'm seeing celebrities get saved. Major people get saved. News will will hide the good. But all they want to do is promote ugliness and evil right now. It, It fits their narrative. But God is doing something even when you don't think he's doing something. And if it's ever a time... For you to focus in on your destiny. I get it. Sometimes we come to church with, you know, cultural Christian. We go, no, how's the church? Oh, cool. They got the kids' stuff. Oh, little little small groups. I, I think our family like it. But then you come into church and realize, whoa, 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 this is more than just me and my family. God wants to use me. Darn right. God has a plan for you. I mean, I, I don't even know where you live, but your neighbors do. We're called to go into all the world. Have you knocked on your neighbor's door and told him, "You know what? Jesus is coming back, man." Can I pray for you? I mean, I'm talking about your physical neighbor, like next door to you, directly across the street from you. I mean, they know you're in church. I mean, if they want to rob you, it's going to be a Sunday or Wednesday. They know you. They know your schedule. There they go again. <laughs> If someone backslides, not you know they got it from the sermon. <laughs> we don't have time for this foolishness. It, 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 I don't have time for who doesn't like me, who didn't click like, who's not speaking to me no more, who put me on blast on social media. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't like my clothes? who came to church and didn't want to shake my hand and said, you know, the pandemic, I don't want to touch you. (laughs) We get, like, all offended about this stuff. I mean... We're called a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation of Bibles, and God has selected us for this time, this hour, and revival is breaking out, regardless of what you think. There are great things I've been hearing, what's happening in Russia, Iran, and China, the big three evil places that people say, it's horrible, it's evil. God's pouring, people are getting saved. God's moving in this persecution. I prophesied in my church two weeks ago. I really believe passionately passionately the 2021 i believe we're going to see the biggest revival listen to me in the church but but hold on on. and i mean it though but with the most hatred and persecution we've ever seen in america it's going to be simultaneously you know if we're not careful you're going to miss out on what god is doing and if we're too worried about what this person or that leader, or who, how come they got ministry and how come you're missing the mark. I'm afraid we might get so caught up the way, you know, I want things to go back the way they used to be. I'm ready for God to do something so radical, so different, how great this church is. I appreciate it, but God's gonna do something so fresh and different this next season. I purposely put this verse in here for this church. Isaiah 43:18. remember ye not the things, the former things, neither consider the things of all behold. I will do a new thing. Uh, it shall not spring forth. You shall you not know it? For I've even made a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. I believe this fellowship and this church is going to plow through some dry areas of the city. Paramount 2021 is gonna be an insane year for you and baby churches. It's going to explode. A new anointing, a new river, a new move of God is going to flow through this fellowship. The question is, it's going to take you to get aboard with it. Something great is about to happen. When you come to hear the word of God, you should come listening with your inner ear. This is a prophetic message to you, I promise you. Revelation 2, 7 says, anyone with ears must hear and listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches you must listen with your spiritual ear. I, I mean, I, I get it. It can be lengthy, you, 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 whatever. But how many times we're in church, you've already looked at your phone so many times. You've already checked out social media. You've already looked at your watch. You're already thinking about where you're going to go eat. But the word of God is going forth. It wants to change you. It wants to change your purpose and destiny. I mean, I was to be honest with you, when I got saved in the same church pastor did, I mean, w- when you came to church, you didn't sit next to people who talked. You just told them, dude, shut up, Pastor Neville's preaching. it it get on my nerves someone sitting next to me trying to tell me to talk and so on. you know i would tell them "I, i i don't want to talk to you right now the word of god's being preached i don't care what you're making for dinner tonight i don't care what you're eating after service i don't care how much you paid for that watch i came to hear from god if i don't hear from god i don't know what i'm gonna do who knows whether you come to the kingdom of god for such a time as this the God who created everything, let there be light, spun this universe to existence, wanted you to be in church this night, to hear this message, to change your heart, to bring revolution and to bring a revival to this city, to this state, to this nation. I'm here to tell you, I want to wake that sense of destiny in the most difficult time. Christians need to make a difference Now. Quit hiding behind politics. And you you don't know what I'm saying. Some of you twitch when I said politics in church. See, you're hiding behind politics to say you're not going to get involved. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. But I am a Christian when I go behind a curtain and cast a vote. I vote... My beliefs. I vote what my beliefs are. I'm not moved by salesmen. I'm not moved by politicians. I'm moved by the word of God. There's no but. There's no what about this. Oh, you know, well, what's going on? I'm sorry, I'm tired of preacher. I'm talking about Everybody everybody you're talking trash about the president i have a church that's half black and so and i have a church about half black half white half mexican three halves <laughs> a multiracial church when people come like wow yeah so when president obama was president i had to like pray for president obama like the bible tells me to I didn't agree with what he stood for in a lot of things. That doesn't mean I don't pray for him. When President Trump became president, you know I didn't cuss right now, right? That's me. The Bible says honor them. All authority comes from God. You're getting all mad because you're watching junk and you're not reading your Bible. Do you know who said that? Paul and Peter the ones that said that. Do you know who, when they said, honor the governor, do you know who that was? Nero. Do you know what Nero did? He impaled Christians on stakes and doused them in oil and used them for nightstands to light up the streets. And he's telling them, respect him. Pray for him. Obey him. You, You are... When you're, look at me, the only time you don't obey the government is when they tell you to do something that's against God's word. That's it. That's the only time. There's no but. There's none of that. And see, like, what about, what about bless those who curse you? That literally means go buy them a gift. You should be sending the White House a bunch of gifts because you've been talking trash. I'm not endorsing nobody. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a Christian. I'm going to just say that. We're living in this time, though, there's such chaos and hatred. Everything we live in is in this, this crazy, wicked time. And God set you up at this confused time. It's perplexed time. I mean, so much is in fine print now. New laws, new rules, constitution changed, finances Greatest economy, then all of a sudden, bank closures, this closure, that closure, business is going down. Gas prices. By the way, I paid a dollar eighty gallon last week. I just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> Some of you weren't even born when that happened. Here, health issues. I mean, we got the coronavirus. I mean, I mean, anybody remember the chicken flu? Remember the bird flu? Then there was the mad cow disease. Now the beer's mad. The coronas. (laughs) We live in this time of uh, such political instability. We're still dealing with uh, security issues. Chaos, terrorism, domestic terrorism. Weather. You, You guys have all the same weather here. in marriage just crazy stuff's happening all over the world you know and then you got the school systems oh yeah you guys got some interesting laws on the ballot that you know it's not a sex crime if you're with a child within 10 years of their age god bless california You have another law that intrigued me that came up. Look it up. That in the school system, they can teach masturbation between five to seven-year-olds. Can I ask you a question? How are you going to teach a kindergartner that? How do you teach that? Forget why. But parents just send their kids off to school. Let people brainwash them. And let them raise them. And the Bible says, "You raise up your child in the ways of the Lord, and will' not depart from it? I know I'm making some of your teeth gnash, Open them up so I can hear them. I mean, emotional instability, people you thought you could count on freak out. People are having breakdowns killing their family in the name of life insurance. Just, just nonstop. All these instabilities because people have tried to eliminate moral absolutes. The Word of God is taken, has no real li- literal value, no standards. Sexual confusion running rampant. Oh, the, 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 uh. I'm just going to read you the Bible. You, you can make your own decisions. This time of great instability in the nation and the world. It seems very unsecure. This confusing time where Jesus said in Matthew 24, 24, false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders and deceive even possible the very elect. We're talking about religious phonies. I mean, I have had enough of these documentaries on Netflix and Amazon about some freaky cult. I mean, (laughs) medical False claims. Doctors doing unnecessary surgeries. Police brutality. People killing cops. And somehow Christians are okay with one but not the other. Who would have thought in the church it would offend people? to talk about everyone's life sexual abuse according to the fbi one out of three girls will be molested one out of four boys i mean just by pure statistics this room there's perpetrators and victims just by those statistics why well number one is because you've given your kid this full access i couldn't even have a tv in my room growing up go to bed (laughs) one click away You, you you thought i mean well let me read to you two portions of scripture about end times this first one is about the church it's written to the church of ephesus it's paul's prophecy of matthew 24 jesus speaks about how the world's this is what paul says Second Timothy 3, one, but you need to know and be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce, difficult for the people of God. People will be self-centered, lovers of themselves, obsessed with money. They will boast of great things and strut around their arrogant pride. They will mock all that is right. They will ignore their own uh, uh, families. They will be ungrateful, ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander, social media, slaves to their own desires. They will be ferocious, belligerent, haters of what is good and right, brutal, treachery. With, uh, uh, they will act without restraint, bigoted, and uh, wrapped up in the clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight, In the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of a loving God. They will pretend to have respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these. This is Paul giving a warning of what the church is going to start looking like. No real power. And that that word, stay away, it it says they have the power. The power can change them. The Greek phrases, it's almost like like your mom giving you vegetables to eat, you can be free, but you push. Away. I don't want it. God's saying you don't have to be this way. Paul's saying, but it's that Greek picture of like God wants to set you free, but you're pushing you and I don't want to live like this. I want to have one foot in the church on Sunday and live debauchery outside. Paul goes on and describes a corrupt time coming. Would you tell me, if this doesn't sound like the time you and I live in now, in Romans chapter 1, which most preachers don't dare read in churches no more, what happened was this, verse 21. People knew God perfectly well but they didn't treat him like god refusing to worship him they trivialized themselves in the and confusion so that it was neither sense nor direction in their lives they pretended to know it all they were illiterate regarding life they traded the glory of god who holds the whole world in his hands for cheap figurines you can buy on a roadside stand god said in fact in effect if that's what you want that's what you get it wasn't long before they were living in a pig pen, smeared with filth filth inside and out and all this because they traded the truth. God for a fake God a god that, uh, a god uh, uh and God uh, I'm sorry and worship the god they made instead of the God who made them the god we bless the God who blesses us oh yes worse followed refusing to know God they soon didn't know how to be human either women didn't know how to uh, be women men didn't know how to be men sexually confused they abused themselves defiled one another women with women men with men all lust no love and and they paid for it. Oh, how they paid for it. Empty of God and love, godless, loveless wretches. Since they didn't bother to acknowledge God, God quit bothering them and let them run loose. And then all hell broke loose. Rampant evil, grabbing, grasping, vicious backbiting. They made life hell on earth with their envy, their wanton, their killing, their bickering, their cheating. Look at them, mean-spirited, venomous, fork tongue, god-bashers, bullies, swaggers, insufferable women. They keep inventing new ways to wreck their lives. They ditch their parents when they get in the way. Stupid, slimy, cruel, cold-blooded. And it's not as if they didn't know better. They knew perfectly well they were spitting in God's face. And they didn't care. Worse, they handed out prizes for those who did the worst things best. Tell me you're not living in that time. Tell me that's not the hour we're facing right now. The sin and pleasure of this world has got to be it's taken out the pleasure of God. The pleasure of this world has ripped the heart out of somebody. It stole your equilibrium. It's sin will suck you dry. The very things in these scriptures we call entertainment in our movies. Sin causes you to lose control. I mean, look at this generation, free speech. Our forefathers never imagined free speech had anything to do with child porn, dismemberment, snuff, uh, or slash videos. That was not their intention. Unholy generation of people who saved the life of an animal over a human baby... I mean a recent scientific study of genetics revealed that there is substantial changes in the life of an embryo after 14 days. After 14 days, so much for pro-choice advocates who say that it's nothing but just a tissue. We become a society that instead of teaching and pursuing abstinence, we, we teach safe sex. We give condoms to our children. Be safe. We don't talk to them about the consequences of fornication. That, that, forget about STDs. Forget about illegitimate pregnancies. What about going to hell? The Bible says no fornicators shall see God. Instead of attacking the root of the drug abuse, we hand out needles. Or we just pass a law and sell it and everyone wants to make a profit off of it. The Constitution of the United States speaks for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and freedom of expression. But when you have a society that loves death, they will always express death. When you have a society that loves violence, it will express violence. Why so much murder and sex morality? We've become unholy, a generation with no resistance, unsaved. Listen to me. We are the ungeneration, ungrateful, unholy, unforgiving That's the time we live in. Have, have I shook you up a little bit? You can't get away. I mean, you, Mr. Jerry, you can't even make it a day without some kind of drug in your life. I don't care if the doctor gave you. You just can't be sober. We, we, we justify all these things. Say, God, give me some peace. We, 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 we got to get loaded on. I'm talking about Christians. Oh, yeah, you're not doing heroin, but you're doing everything else. We're like, I just need it. What about, what about the Holy Ghost? Isn't he good enough? Yeah. What about the Prince of Peace? Those people are hollow inside. This is the time we need to make a difference because we need to remember in the comfort of our palace, Esther, Esther's the church. There's a world out there that's going crazy. And Mordecai said, get out of your comfort zone. You can't even hide behind a pandemic. Get out here. Fight with us. This is the challenging time. The Bible says we're sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And there's something I want to awaken within you this evening. Fear is trying to overtake this world. It's everywhere. The fear of disease, the fear of murder, the fear of death, the fear of losing it, the fear of suicide, the fear of everything, the fear of losing your job, your security. But this is not a time to be fearful. It is a time that God has placed you, the loving Savior, the creator of the universe. He's in control. You're in this unique time in history in the world. God has placed you. He's trusted you. He's not giving you nothing you cannot handle. If you're alive and you're breathing and you're safe, you can handle it. God is for you. Who can be against you? (laughs) Mordecai is trying to wake Esther. Here's the situation. The Jews are endangered. They represent the lost souls of the cities. They represent the hurting, the unsaved. Hear me. Give me a few more minutes. Esther is living isolated from the problem. Esther represents the church hiding in their blessings and their prosperity in their comfortable palace. I want you to leave your comfort. I want you to live by faith. The church is on strike for blessings instead of obedience to the call. I don't I don't like trials I'm like you I'm gonna say, I love trials no heck no you didn't hear that from me <laughs> I, I got enough trials okay uh, come on right I, I don't but you know what I have to change my perspective on things you, I, I I I'm glad this kind of shook us up this false gospel that God's only here to bless you like you, you gotta be wondering God you, God, give me this, give me her, give me him, give me a house, give me a car, give me a job, give me this, give me this. I mean, who's serving who? Like, God's like, hey, can I help you, sir? I mean, who, who's serving who? What happened to not my will, but your will be done? God, where do you want me to do? Where do you want me to work? Where do you want me to live? How do you want me to spend my time? I am yours, God. Mordecai comes and asks this question to her. Again, it says in verse 14, for if you, this is heavy. We almost missed this. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from another place. I don't know if they're putting it up there, but you and your father's house will perish. Who knows whether you come to the king for such time as according to Mordecai, He's saying, you're at the right place at the right time, but if you don't do something, there ain't no plan B. See, there's God's perfect will and God's permissive will. And we always want to settle for his per, uh, permissive will, not his perfect will. His perfect will is a little sacrifice, but the eternal reward's great. And, and, but he's saying, if you don't do this, you're going to die. You're You're safe but God brought you in for this time. Verse 13, in the contemporary English says, he sent back this reply. Do you think that you will escape being killed by the, uh, uh, with the rest of the Jews just because you live in the king's palace? Now listen, she responds. Verse 16, this is her answer. God, give me men like this woman. I don't mean to offend you, but I'm tired of seeing these Holy Ghost women and so many men not doing nothing. Talking about, you don't understand, man, how hard I work. I'm glad you work. With your power tools. (laughs) Jesus didn't have no power tools. He built furniture by hand. You complaining with your little... Here's, here's this woman. Go gather all the Jews, verse 16, who are present in Shushan, and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maid I will fast likewise. And I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. I mean, that's what's going on here. She's saying... See, in that time of culture, you, you, you not know, she's married to the dude, right? But you can't, like, walk in on your husband, the king. Hey, babe, you get killed. I know some of your husband wish it was like that now. <laughs> right in the middle of the game. <laughs> Babes! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't summon you, woman. But it was against the law. The Bible says, I will do it. And if I die, I die. But I'm going to die doing something for God. Where are those Christians? Where are those people that, if they're going to put it all on the line, take a risk to obey God, not for some guaranteed financial return, not for some position, but to see people saved. Now, honestly, you'd have to care about what I'm preaching about this to move you. Uh, 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 again, <laughs> you know, the, the only other story that kind of like grasps this to me is Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. I mean, here they are. I'm mean, going to picture this. This is where we're at right now. This false God that Nebuchadnezzar created. When the music plays, you got to take a knee. I mean, everyone else is taking a knee. And if you don't take a knee, you're going to get thrown into the fiery furnace. understand who was there. Thousands of people. Not just the king's subjects, but other Jews. Other believers that were held captive. Other God people. And the culture saying, you better bow down to this. The culture's getting in your face. Saying, if you don't bow, we're gonna bully you and throw you in the fiery furnace. If you're not with us, get down. And here's what happens. Everyone bows. I always try to picture thousands of people, the music plays, they're bowing to this ungodly idol of the world. And some of their friends and family members that were brought as slaves, captive, are bowing. And they feel the pressure because everyone else is bowing. They turn on sports, everyone's bowing. They're turning on movies, everyone's bowing. They're turning on politics, everyone's bowing. They go to the school curriculum, everyone's bowing. And all of a sudden you begin to feel a little insecure about who you are. Am I right, am I wrong? It's all cool when you're in the crowd, but when it's time to pay the fiddler and take a knee, Who's gonna stand? Do not let politics and ungodly movements dictate your relationship with Jesus. Don't be suckered by that. Imagine, and here's what happens. So these three dudes are standing. I can only imagine. I, I like to believe they're brave and yeah man, you ain't got nothing. No, I actually believe they're human. Oh bro, it looks hot in there. <laughs> I thought you were gonna do it, but you did so I did now. We're stuck. <laughs> we can't deal now, but look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Listen here, Nebuchadnezzar. We won't bow. We only bow to God. And if you throw us in the fiery furnace, our God will deliver us. Hold on, hold on. That's not the cool part. The next part's this. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't save us and we lose everything and we feel the flames burning, we're still not going to bow. Because to the child of God, if you bow, you burn. My last verse, and then we're going to pray. Hebrews ten thirty eight. My righteous ones live by faith. But I take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Let me read it in the message. But you need, verse 36, you need to stick it out. Stay with God's plan so you will be there for the promised completion. It won't be long now. He is on the way. He'll show up. At, at upmost at any minute, but anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. But we are not quitters who lose out. Oh no, we will say we will stay with it and survive, trusting in God all the way. I want you to stand to your feet briefly. No one skating just for a second just stand up real quick uh, just stand up and look at me look at me here, here's what we're gonna do stand up for a moment I'm gonna look at me don't move around just for a moment I'm, I'm not gonna make you feel guilty for anything I was an honor to be here tonight I might you might not like everything I said. I ain't your pastor, so don't sweat it. <laughs> if you're a visitor, come back Sunday, I'm going to be here. But let's just talk for a moment. You're standing, you're standing right now. But are you ready to stand before God? And we, we have to strip away all this cool stuff and, and, and ask. Don't turn the lights out too dark. I'm going to see nobody. I appreciate the atmosphere. My guy does it too. But look, look, let me. Honestly, honestly, I'm being sincere. If you died right now, would you, are you ready to stand before him? I'm not asking if you said a sinner's prayer. I'm not asking if you go to a Bible study. I'm not asking if you've been baptized because if you said a prayer and, and, and got baptized and your life didn't change, you just said words and got wet. Because when you come to Jesus, your whole life changes. Doesn't mean you're perfect, but your life changes. And so here's the deal, man. Forget who you came with tonight. There's a, I promise you, there's a reason this night is happening there's a reason I'm doing what I'm doing. There's a reason I preached what I preached, and there's a reason that you're here tonight. So even if you're in ministry, if you died tonight, and you know for sure you'd go to heaven. If you died tonight, and you know for sure you'd go to be honest, be honest. Don't lie. Be honest. You're in a church. Don't live with this. Don't do what other people do. See, people will get up down. So here's the thing. If you know for sure you die tonight and you go to heaven, be honest. Sit down. If you don't know, remain standing. Be honest. Be honest. Remain standing. If not, God bless you. God bless you. Look, look stay standing. Don't do it with someone else. And look, everyone is standing. God bless you. Some of you might just want to make sure. Some of you are probably might be brand new. Some of you sat down because your friend or your family didn't. You know, I see you popping back up. You better pop up because you're going to stand up when you stand before him. But the only people that should be sitting down are Christians and liars. That's a fact. Now, if you're offended at me right now for doing so strong of an altar call, I'm going to tell you, you need to stand up. Because the Bible says, when one sinner repents, all heaven rejoices. This This is what preachers are supposed to do. We're supposed to lead people to Christ. Because here's the deal. If you're mad at me, I can live with it. Can you? Because if these folks that rededicate their life or make their hearts right or get saved the first time, and we die tonight and they stand before we stand before God or the rapture happens, they're going to be high fiving me. Thank you, Pastor Kelly. I'm scared of death when you preach. You're a scary dude, but man, I got saved. Is there anybody else that needs to stand up? Anybody else? So here's the deal: you're standing, you're saying you don't know. God bless you, sir. You're saying you don't know and I'm here to pick on you. I don't know how you live, so I can't be judging you, okay? You don't have to walk out those doors and not know. You can know. You can know. And if you backslid or you've been in church a hundred times, well, don't live there. It's not it's gonna change. That's a lie. It's gonna be different. I wanna pray with you, so I put you in a place that I'm supposed to. Let me pray with you or sit down and say no to Jesus. This is what I'm in it for. I'm not here to make people. I'm here to get you saved. What good is it if you pay tithes in my church and you don't go to heaven? Are you standing with the Raiders hat? All right, I'm a big Raider fan. Get on up here, man. Come on, come on. If you want to get saved, get up here. You're standing, come up here. If you're standing, come up here. you want to rededicate your life, come up here. Don't sit down and say no. Don't ask your spouse, do you want to do it? You do it. Come, come. Come all the way up. Where would that Raider dude go? What's up, bro? Come on up here. Glad you didn't become a Rams fan. All right. Church, I I, I know it's late and doubles is going to close. So. All right. Up, down. You did it in your old church. Can you stand back up? Stand up, stand up. Now check this out. Not- hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount, or visit our website at PraiseChapelParamount.com.